is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. This is Mark Levin, our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Can you hear me? Well, we have a connection. I'm on. I'm speaking. Well, it appears we have a connection problem here, right? I'm on. Okay. We've been having some technical difficulties. You can't hear me, Mr. Producer? Yes or no? All right. Woo. Woo, woo. 20 minutes before the show. We've been hustling. Okay. Well, here we are again, ladies and gentlemen. Politicians on TV, uh, terrorism experts on TV, former senior FBI officials on TV, and so forth and so on, telling us uh, everything we already know. Here we have a 29-year-old Uzbekistani who came to the United States in 2010, lived in Tampa, Florida, he rents a truck from Home Depot, legitimately in New Jersey, drives into New York, and runs down a bunch of people on a bicycle path. So far, eight dead, at least 12 are injured, probably more. Um, this is the ninth time this has happened in this country. Ninth time. And everybody's going to throw up their hands and say there's nothing we can do about it. Now, of course, he yelled, Allah Akbar. Allah Akbar. Now, when somebody yells that in the middle of an attack, those are obviously um, acts of terrorism, acts of war. Now, we're not allowed to mention the religion that this person belonged to. We're not allowed to mention that we have radicals within our midst, we're not allowed to mention any of this. Now, if it's a white guy, we can go on and on about a white Christian, you know, on and on about that. We got, we got that. But here we're not allowed to mention this, because if you mention it, you're, you're said to be attacking the entire religion. Nobody's attacking the entire religion. If you mention it, you're said to be attacking all Muslims in this country. Nobody's attacking all Muslims in this country. The country would look very different if we were. But there's a problem. These attackers don't yell, you know, good uh, yantif, or whatever the language of the culture or religion and so forth. So we have this problem in this country. It is a perplexing problem. We're always told we need to be able to speak about race. We need to be able to speak about sex. We need to be able to speak about this, speak about that. But we're not allowed to speak about this. We're not allowed to talk about it. Because it's considered very, very dangerous. The left will attack you viciously, even though you're not saying anything wrong, even though you're not trying to be provocative in any way. The fact of the matter is, this mass murderer self-identified. He self-identified. And we're supposed to ignore it. And I don't want to ignore it. If we do not have conversations about this, how are we ever going to solve this problem? 
And it's not just in this country, obviously. It's in other countries, too. It's in other countries, too. I cannot accept politicians and media who, who, who insist that we pretend that the, the, identif- the, the identity, the self-identification of an individual is irrelevant. It's of no consequence. And you'll hear them. The leftists of all backgrounds on TV and radio say exactly, you know, well, you know, Americans do this and these do that and so forth does this and Christians do that and white guys do that, black guys. It's not the point. That's not the point. The point is most people don't get in trucks and and mow people down. This has become a pattern. If this mass murder had used a semi-automatic um, AR-15, you'd be hearing a lot of discussion about that, wouldn't you? You'd be hearing a lot of discussion about that. So this is a huge problem. Let me ask my dear wife, would you please pull a copy of my book, uh, Plunder and Deceit? Uh, there's uh, something in there that I want to uh, go back and and discuss with you folks about uh, the national security sense that a fairly recent survey or poll of the Muslim community within the United States shows that the vast majority are patriotic Americans. But there's a significant minority who are not. Who actually believe violence is an acceptable form of conduct under certain circumstances. Again, I want to be abundantly clear. I am not, in any respect, even though my words will likely be twisted, condemning an entire religion. I am not condemning an entire people. You know what that is? That's bigotry. That would be bigotry. On the other hand, to ignore when some mass murder kills eight people, by the way, some of whom may well be Muslim, slaughters eight people, runs them down in a truck, and yells, Allah Akbar, what are we supposed to do? Pretend that's not the case? It is the case. And uh, as I say, you risk just raising this the way I have. It's just easier to keep your head down. Now, I want to read this to you. This is from Plunder and Deceit, page 152. A recent... Pew Research Center analysis underscores the seriousness of a particular problem. The results of Pew's research discloses that while the vast majority of American Muslims oppose terrorist organizations and tactics, the vast majority, so the vast majority are are good, law-abiding, decent people. I have friends who are Muslims. That's not even my point. There are still a distressing number who support the use of terror tactics against civilians. Respondents were asked, this isn't my research, this is Pew. The respondents were asked whether they believe that suicide bombing or other forms of violence against civilian targets are justified to defend Islam from its enemies. That was the specific question. 81% oppose such tactics under any circumstances. 8% say these tactics are often or sometimes justified. Another 5% responded that the use of violence against civilians might be justified in rare circumstances. 
as there are 1.8 million adult American Muslims in the United States. This suggests that at least theoretically as many as 13,000 support the use of suicide bombs or other forms of terrorism. Again, it's not my survey. The survey also showed that native-born Muslims, in particular African-American Muslims, are more likely to support the use of violence. Now, should I be shouted off the air because I'm reading from an actual survey of actual human beings who gave actual responses? Now, Pew reports that, quote, a significant minority, 21% of Muslim Americans say there is a great deal, 6%, or a fair amount, 15% of support for extremism in the Muslim American community. So, you have a significant minority of Muslim Americans saying within their community, there is support for extremism among Muslim Americans. And it's on the rise. Furthermore, nearly half of American Muslims say that Muslim leaders in the United States are not doing enough to speak out against Islamic extremism. This is a good thing. Over half of American Muslims are saying their leaders are not doing enough to speak out against extremism. And what you're going to hear again today is there's nothing we can do about this. The guy's an American citizen. If he is or is not, I have no idea. But he's living in Tampa since 2010. These are the early reports. Uh, he's from Uzbekistan. <clears throat> um, and uh, And that's all we know right now. That's all I know right now. In February 2015, that's not that long ago. The same day, federal authorities in New York charged three Muslim immigrants with conspiracy to provide material support to the Islamic State. FBI Director, the late not-so-great, James Comey, told a meeting of state attorneys general, I have homegrown violent extremist domestic terrorist investigations in every single state. In every single state. In April 2015, the United States Attorney for Minnesota, Andrew Luger, who is a liberal, appointed by Obama, announced that six Somali-American men from Minnesota, all naturalized American citizens, were charged with planning to join the Islamic State, that they were part of a larger conspiracy that included friends and relatives. He further declared, quote, we have a terror recruiting problem in Minnesota. Now, I just gave you more information than you're going to hear all day long, all night long, all day tomorrow, all tomorrow night, all the next day, with respect to some of the problems that we're having. If a significant percentage, even though it's a, a clear minority, of a particular group of people, a minority, not the vast majority, but a minority that, that, that goes into the thousands, believes that violence is, or sometimes is, an acceptable response, then you got a problem then you have a problem. And I can assure you the mayor of New York City will not talk about the problem. I can assure you that virtually no politician will talk about the problem. I'm not talking about deporting American citizens or anything. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about encouraging the more moderate voices and the more moderate forces <clears throat> within a particular group to act more aggressively. 
as well as the vast majority of individuals in a particular group, who are law-abiding, patriotic Americans and so forth, to try and do more within these ethnic or religious or whatever you want to call us, them, community, to address this. Because otherwise, what's the answer? What's the answer? It's no big deal. Somebody else's kid got killed or somebody else's mother was run over. Okay, it's going to happen. That was kind of the Obama answer. You know, these things happen. It's a tiny fraction of a small percentage of a tiny fraction of this. That, You know, it's amazing how much tolerance there is. But if he had used a semi-automatic weapon, then we'd be talking about gun control. Okay, eight people were killed. There wasn't a gun involved. So what are we going to talk about now? I dare say what I just raised will not be talked about. And by the way, I don't want any idiots calling this show with their bigotry and everything else. I'm not in that. I'm not want nothing to do with that. That is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the research that's been done by credible institutions where red flags have been raised. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. AP, CBS News confirms the accused driver's 29-year-old, I can barely pronounce this, Saifolo, S-A-Y-F-U-L-L-O, Habibulaviak, H-A-B-I-B-U-L-L-A-E-V-I-C, Saipov, S-A-I-P-O-V. An earlier report said he came to the United States in 2010, basing this on news, I'm not making it up. And he's originally from Uzbekistan. And uh, it is confirmed that he hollered Allah Akbar after he mowed down all these people in a bike path and got out with two, uh, they weren't really guns. I think one was a paintball gun and another may have been a BB type gun. Apparently he was shot, but unfortunately he wasn't killed. May I say that? Am I allowed to say that? Um... You know, shot in the gut where he could suffer for about three days, but apparently my wish will not come true. Now here is the uh, the mayor of New York City, Bill DeCamio, at a press conference today. Cut 12, go. Let me be clear that based on the information we have at this moment, this was an act of terror, and a particularly cowardly act of terror aimed at innocent civilians, aimed at people going about their lives who had no idea of what was about to hit them. We, at this moment, based on the information we have, we know of eight innocent people who have lost their lives and over a dozen more injured. We know that this action was intended to break our spirit. But we also know... All right, let's stop. Stop right. This, these are the lectures we're going to get. That America will not be stopped by this. We know America will not be stopped by this. That Americans will continue to do their business. We know Americans will continue to do our business. That the vast majority of Americans are good people. We know the vast majority of Americans are good people. That the vast majority of Muslims are good people. We know that the vast majority of Muslims are good people. 
it's almost as if they have a talking point list they go to when things like this happen. This is the ninth time, my understanding, we've had this in this country. Lord knows how many times this has happened in other countries. It's going to get worse before it gets better. It's going to get worse before it gets better. I'm going to go back to plunder and deceit, because I did a lot of research on this at the time, and it's just worth noting it. Terrorists are not living and training only in faraway third world countries. Attacks have occurred in Paris, London, Madrid, and Jerusalem, and obviously in New York, Washington, the skies above the United States on 9-11. It is also a virtual certainty that terrorist sleeper cells are secreted in America. In 2009, former Director of National Intelligence Dennis Blair warned Congress that terrorist organizations, including Al-Qaeda and the Islamic State, are known to be working to radicalize Muslims in America. Iran and Hezbollah have a strong recruiting presence in the United States, Mexico, and throughout Latin America. Former Obama Administration Attorney General Eric Holder and California Senator Dianne Feinstein acknowledged as much following the slaughter of writers and cartoonists at a Paris magazine office. New America Foundation senior fellow Robert Wright explained that homegrown terrorists are an immediate concern such as Fort Hood and the Boston Massacre and numerous others. I'll be right back. America's most powerful conservative voice, The Mark Levin Show. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. Here's de Blasio, Mayor of New York, uh, earlier today. Go ahead. Let me be clear that based on the information we have at this moment, this was an act of terror and a particularly cowardly act of terror aimed at innocent civilians, aimed at people going about their lives who had no idea of what was about to hit them. We, at this moment, based on the information we have, we know of eight innocent people who have lost their lives and over a dozen more injured. We know that this action was intended to break our spirit, but we also know New Yorkers are strong, New Yorkers are resilient, and our spirit will never be moved by an act of violence, an act meant to intimidate us. All right, so the... uh the mass murder was shot. Eight people dead so far. He drove a rented pickup truck, is what I see, from Home Depot into the uh, into the people who in New York were who were riding on a bike path. Um, his name is Saifulo Saipov of Tampa, Florida. But according to NJ.com. Police stopped Saipob in Mount Holly Springs, Barrow, Pennsylvania, just south of Carlisle, Pennsylvania, in March of 2015. He gave police a Patterson, New Jersey address, according to court records. He also uh, uh, was stopped in 2012 in Palmyra, Pennsylvania, just east of Hershey, and also listed a Patterson address. He is, as I said, a Uzbek national. Uh, he came to the United States in 2010. We do not know his immigration status. 
and uh, you can see videos posted online and so forth as this story is developing. 29 years old. So he came to the United States. Let's see, uh, he would have been uh, in his 20s, his, low, his early 20s, right? His early 20s. 2010, he didn't come in 2007, so he's not a dreamer. Has to be before 20, it's 07 and before, as I recall. So there you have it. <clears throat> That's all we know. I'm not going to keep regurgitating this. If there is new information, I will present it to you immediately. We are monitoring the wires. We are monitoring uh, the relevant news programming on our uh, on our mothership at WABC. I'm also monitoring it online. We're monitoring as well as on television screens and so forth. And by the way, do you know this is where most of the news gets the news from one another? From one another. And that's rational because you can't, everybody can't be in the same place at the same time. Now, as I think about this, this is why I have to say the distraction of the President of the United States, the distraction of the President in his administration to deal with bogus political charges that have been criminalized. The diversion of law enforcement resources from the FBI to chase a crime that doesn't even exist. Collusion is not a crime. I dare you to find it anywhere in the criminal code. When these men and women can be doing other things to secure this country is appalling. Absolutely appalling. It'll also be very interesting to dig deeply into this man's background. Under what circumstances did he get to the United States? He wasn't some four-year-old kid who came along with his mother or father into the United States. If he came in 2010, that means he came about seven years ago, maybe seven and a half years ago. And he's 29 years old. He's 29 years old. The courts today run our immigration policies. The courts today are determining who can come. And as far as the courts are concerned, that is the Obama courts, and 40% of the judges were appointed by Obama, anybody can come. As a matter of fact, if you listen to the federal district judge in Hawaii and the federal district judge in Maryland, both Obama appointees, there is due process for people who want to come into the United States. That is, aliens who seek to come into the United States We have to provide a justification to keep them out. It's crazy. And they have a due process right, apparently, uh, that is a challenge if we keep them out. Now, that has never been American policy. That's never been American law. But it doesn't seem to matter to left-wing kook activist judges, whether they're federal district judges or appellate judges, in some cases Supreme Court justices. And then we're told, well, what can we do about it? You know, I just heard some so-called terrorism expert on cable TV say, we're going to may have to get used to the fact that this is the new norm. And then they tell us we're Americans, so we get on with our lives. Well, Americans don't accept terrorism as the new norm, do we? No, we don't. No, we don't. The President of the United States, Donald Trump, has tried to put in place executive orders that are constitutional and statutorily 
uh, and meet and meet statutory requirements, statutorily legitimate, they always have been, to limit immigration in this country from refugees from certain countries. And in many of those cases, these are countries that are, in fact, majority Muslim. But more than that, they're countries that are unstable or they're countries that are hostile to the United States. And he wants to do that to limit the occasions of terrorist attacks in the United States or criminal attacks in the United States. This is not a theoretical matter. It's not an abstraction. It's not an academic matter. It's not about bigotry or racism or anything of the kind. It is reality. Reality. If you want to view Europe as a testing ground for open immigration, then take a look at Europe. It's a disaster. It's a disaster. With significantly increased crime rates and so forth. There's a lack of assimilation. A lack of assimilation in Europe. Because the progressives don't believe in assimilation. They don't believe in the American culture. We have all these things going against us. And of course a president of the United States who they want to impeach or imprison because he disagrees with them. So we need to know what happened in 2010. How this man at the time who was 21 or 22 or 23 got into the country on what basis? Was he a refugee from Uzbekistan? We don't know his status. Could very easily be legal. But we don't know his status. We don't know anything about him yet. Hopefully we'll know something soon. But I guarantee you that all the law-abiding Americans are going to be lectured about what's wrong with us, about what's wrong with our heads, what's wrong with our thinking. There's something wrong with us. And that we need to control ourselves like we're out of control. We're not out of control. You watch. I guarantee you this is the sort of thing that's going to take place. And don't you love it when leftists tell us that we're Americans and we, we fight through these things? We know that. Do they know that? Do they know that? So while we're busy pulling down statues, we're busy pulling down statues of Confederate generals that are what? 100 years old, 150 years old, depending on the statue, and feeling good about ourselves. We better really pay attention to the threats that exist in this country. It's not history, good, bad, or indifferent. It's reality. It's reality. The statistics I gave you at the top of the hour, at the beginning of the show, are not statistics I made up. They're from the Pew Research Center, which in many ways is a left-of-center organization. It's not some white supremacist organization. It's not some right-wing organization. It's not some racist organization. They gave us the hard facts. They gave us the hard facts. Now, I'm not going to tolerate from any phone caller, any bigotry whatsoever. I'm just not going to tolerate it. But I will tolerate honest discussions. Honest discussions about what's taking place. Let's go to Gary, Clarksville, Georgia, the great WCHM. Go. Uh, this is Sergeant Gary Bryson, uh, Northeast Georgia. I'm a career, career peace officer. I'd Thank be you. interested to know how many of these nine incidents involve people from countries that the president has tried to place a mandate on 
to temporarily suspend immigration so that uh, the vetting process can be uh, refined to prevent these people from coming into our country. I mean, are we willing to accept uh, uh, terrorism in our country just uh, on a basis as frequent as they're having in, in, in Europe? And because these people do not assimilate. And uh, what can be done that these left-wing judges uh, can be preempted to where some process can be put in place to protect the American people. That's my job. That's what I do. I, mm-hmm. Life is my priority. I don't care uh, what color, what race, what religion, but uh, something is going to have to be done because we are about to come into a uh, the, the instability in our country. We're, we're about to come into a civil conflict. I Listen, don't know with- you, you make a lot of excellent points. Now, this guy was a Uzbeki or Uzbeki, Uzbekistan, <clears throat> which uh, used to be and in some ways still is part of the uh, old Russian orbit back then, the Soviet Union, one of these captive nations and so forth. And um, in some ways that country's been in, in alliance with us. Um, we need to know more about this specific situation, but as a general matter, you're correct. Franklin Roosevelt, who the Democrats claim to love, they claim is the greatest president in, uh, in American history, um, he was very focused on immigration. Now, he did some things I strongly disagree with, like the internment of Japanese Americans and Americans of Japanese descent, which was outrageous. But, of course, they give him a pass on that. They give him a pass on that. What the president had proposed, as a matter of fact, was a very moderate proposal. And it was a temporary respite to ensure that our vetting system was strong enough and to ensure the countries uh, that from which these refugees and, or immigrants were, uh, you know, were based were also capable of vetting uh, these uh, individuals and telling us about them. And if these are enemy countries or if these are countries that are in the midst of a civil war, that becomes an impossibility. So what do you do? You just open your gates? President Trump said, no, we don't just open our gates. And I agree with him. All right, officer, be careful. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, sir. All right, best to you. Robert, Grand Rapids, Michigan, the great WKZO. Go. Mr. Levin, I love your show. I have been a listener for quite a while, and I've learned quite a lot. Thank you. And I must say, it is quite an honor for you to be speaking to me today. Yes, it is. (laughs) You know, you don't don't have a criminal record, do you? No, nope, I'm as I'm as clean as a whistle. All right, just checking. All right, I got a question for you, and then there's a kind of a point to it. If you give me a couple, I have of minutes. to go fast. I got one minute, not right. a couple. Which Which do you think is worse right now, the constant terrorist threat that we have in this country, or the crimes that are being committed by the illegal immigrants that are in this country? I read or heard somewhere, I believe it was on a couple of radio shows. That forty percent of all the major crimes that are committed in this country. All right, listen, right now, blah, 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 blah. slow down. I don't know a couple of radio shows and giving you statistics. I don't know what that means. As to your question, which is worse? Well, sir, let me ask you something. If there's an act of terrorism that blows out our electrical grid, or there's an act of terrorism that blows up one of our nuclear sites, I would say terrorism is worse. I choose not to pick between one or the other. They both involve extreme acts of lawlessness. Open borders, uh, that's not what the immigration laws provide for. Sanctuary cities, 
These are lawless cities defying federal law. They're using nullification much the way the Confederacy used nullification. Uh, And that is, they just claim to be on their own, and they don't care what the federal law has to say. Uh, Acts of terrorism, I would ask you, was 9-11 a horrific act of terrorism? Yes, it was. So I think it's, it's irrelevant that we choose between the two. We shouldn't have to choose between terrorism and, uh, and lawlessness. I want to thank you for your call. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. So this mass murder piece of crap, after he's done killing eight people and injuring dozens of others, in this mass slaughter, he gets out of his pickup truck that he rented from Home Depot in New Jersey, and he walks down the street with what appears to be two guns. One was a paintball gun, and the other was a pellet gun, but nobody did, knew that. And he's walking down the street. And let me ask you a question. If this were Texas, or Virginia, not Northern Virginia, other parts of Virginia, You think a guy like that could do that and just walk down the street with two pistols in his hands? Without some hero with a, uh, with a carry permit? Taking care of business? That's the second issue I'm raising that will not be discussed by anybody else. Not to politicize this. This is self-defense. That's what these weapons are for. That's what the Second Amendment's all about. Guys walking down the street after slaughtering eight people, and leaving others to die in an act of terrorism. And because you're not allowed to have a pistol in New York City, unless you go through uh, some Rube Goldberg type of system, which is which is very, very difficult and complicated, he's walking down the street with what appears to be two guns. Nobody can stop him but the cops. What if he had two guns? What if he had two semi-automatic pistols? And he starts popping people along the way. I'm sorry, I'm bringing up another uncomfortable subject. You know, by far, my Casper is the best mattress I've ever slept on. No other mattress even comes close. And it helps me get the best night's sleep, period. You're going to love Casper as much as I love mine. Switching to a Casper, that's a no-brainer. It's a higher-quality mattress at a more affordable price. I'm sleeping cool and comfortably every night, much better than on the old overpriced mattress I used to have. Casper ships right to your door for free in a small, how do they do that size box? They'll even pick it up if you don't love it and they'll refund you everything. From its breakthrough design and superior quality to its packaging to letting you try it for 100 nights, it's no wonder Casper was named one of Fast Company's 50 most innovative brands of 2017. Put Casper to the test in your own home for 100 nights, risk-free. Just take your old mattress, lean it against the wall, Check out the Casper. I know you're going to take the Casper. You're free to do that. Go to Casper.com and use code MARK, and you could save $75 on your purchase. That's Casper.com, code MARK. Minimum purchase required. See the site for details, terms, and conditions apply. That's Casper.com, code MARK. I'm always telling the lawyers, uh, get a hold of... uh, 
of a contract or an advertisement. And don't forget, this, 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 and this. Okay, got it, got it, got it. And I have my Casper mattress, and I love it. Tony, Grand Junction, Colorado, KNZZ, quickly, go. Thank you, Denali. I was just going to share a story of an Iraqi man I met, because like yourself, most of the Muslims I know, you know, I have friends and spend time with. He came here in the first Gulf War uh, because if he didn't, he was going to be, you know, he had the option of joining the Army or him and his family being killed if he didn't join with Hussein. So then I was talking to him a little bit. I said, well, does it ever cross your mind to go home, back to Iraq? And he looked at me and said, you know, they view me as a traitor. If I go there, if All I All right, home, I, I got to run, Tony. I apologize. That music means I have to go. I'm not talking about deporting people who are here unless they're criminals or something. I'm talking about controlling our border and our immigration system. We always used to do it. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker. Somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building. We've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Everybody, Mark Levin here. Our number eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. Now, those of you who are not from New York, let me explain what this mass murderer did. He entered the bike path at a street called Houston Street, pronounced Houston, uh, spelled Houston, but it's Houston Street, and he drove south ramming bike riders and pedestrians until he rammed a school bus, injuring four in the school bus, at the only crossing street, Chambers Street. Okay? That's about a mile. That's ten city blocks. That's a long drive. Ten city blocks. So, uh... Now you have a better understanding. And also, you'll see video on TV or on the Internet. He's walking around, roaming around with two pistols in his hands, which we later learned was a pellet gun and a paintball gun. But you couldn't roam around like that in states that allow concealed carry. You roam around like that after slaughtering that many people and then slamming into a school bus, and you're walking around the streets because nobody's going to touch it because you have these two fake guns. That happens in a city that has some of the strictest gun control laws in the entire nation. Just saying. Just saying. And just to wrap this up, until there's more news on this issue, if you want to hear it over and over and over and over and over again, you can watch cable, I can assure you. And they'll run the loops over and over and over and over again. This is a 29-year-old who came to the United States in 2010 from Uzbekistan. It's said that he lives around Tampa, Florida, but a New Jersey uh, website, news site, reports that uh, he was stopped twice in Pennsylvania in the last several years, and um, he claimed New Jersey as his home. Uh, He yelled Allah Akbar after he got out of his pickup truck, which he had rented from Home Depot, uh, and walking around with the two guns, the fake guns, as it turns out. Well, they're not fake, a paintball gun and a... uh, Pellet gun, but fake guns in the sense not, not as you would expect a handgun. That literally is all we know. Those are the essentials after several hours of reporting. Those are the essentials. Eight people are dead. 
many have been injured. I've seen the number 12. I've seen the number 15. I'm not sure we know. And I'm not sure we know the status of each and every one of them either. I'm not going to speculate. I've told you exactly what I think. Uh, you're going to hear the same thing over and over again. This is the new normal. I guess we're going to have to get used to it. But we're Americans, so we continue to move ahead and so forth. First of all, what's this new normal crap? What's this new normal crap? This isn't normal. It's terrorism. By its very definition, it's not normal. But what are you going to do, Mark? First of all, be a little bit more careful about who comes into the country. It's not going to be a perfect system. It never can be. But it can be a more perfect system. It can be a better system. So you try and cut cut your quote-unquote losses or the opportunities for terrorism or criminality. And uh, we've so romanticized immigration. Immigration could be good. Immigration could be bad. But we have a couple of problems in this country. Number one, the lack of effective assimilation. Because the progressives in this country believe in balkanization and division. That's who they are. That's what they believe in. Assimilation means people become more and more patriotic toward their country. Well, the progressives can't have that. They don't mind going through the motions, but they don't believe it. They want to fundamentally alter America, and they want to do it in many ways, including through immigration. So they're never going to agree to assimilation. They're never going to agree to respites in immigration. Our history is filled with immigration. It's also filled with respites, where we didn't have much immigration to allow for assimilation. We don't do that anymore. Since 1965, there's been endless immigration, massive immigration. Then when you raise an objection, you're turned into a uh, white supremacist, even though it's not just white people who raise these concerns. There's all kinds of people who raise these concerns, including Muslims, including Latinos, including African Americans. When some nutjob drives a truck into a group of people, that nutjob is not discriminating among whom he's slaughtering. He's slaughtering anybody who is in front of him. This is about protecting American lives. All American lives. All American lives. And while the reporting on this is going to go on and on and on and on, you're not going to hear the statistics about the percentage of individuals who support violence. You're not going to hear it. You're going to be told... Don't say anything. Behave yourself. You know, it's a tiny, tiny fraction of a fraction of a percentage of what occurs in this country and so forth and so on. All the gun grabbers who immediately talk about gun control after a horrific, horrific slaughter like Las Vegas will not talk about gun control here because it doesn't serve their ideological, political purposes. You got this piece of crap roaming around the streets. With two weapons in his hand, or what are considered weapons in his hands. And nobody can plug him. Because concealed carry in New York City is an incredible rarity. Rarity. He drove for almost a mile, ten city blocks, over a mile. He's ramming people. Bike riders, pedestrians. Then finally slams into a school bus. If he had killed these people with a semi-automatic weapon, these members of Congress would be 
howling to the hills. We need to pass legislation, right? Wouldn't they be saying that? We need more gun control. The media would be doing the same thing. Now they're absolutely silent, absolutely silent about actually doing anything about this. Now they're just reporting what took place. They're not talking about. They're not talking about the fact that we have an issue, not just in this country, but in other countries. With people who self-identify with Allah Akbar. Again, a small percentage of uh, refugees or immigrants from certain areas of the world, a small percentage of Muslims, got that. I agree with that completely, 100%. But still, it's a small percentage, which adds up to 13,000 people who support, according to Pew, violence sometimes or violence, period. Period. The former Attorney General, Eric Holder, Dianne Feinstein, they talk about homegrown terrorism. But that's all they talk about. They won't talk about the issue, the problem, and how we address it. It needs to be addressed. But nobody wants to have an honest discussion about it. Oh, we don't talk about race enough. We never stop talking about race. Oh, we don't talk about this enough. We don't talk about that enough. The fact is, we don't talk about this at all. Or you'll become a persona non grata. Or people will twist your words and try and destroy you. Or people will give you labels, racist, bigot, whatever. Even though it has nothing to do with this. Nothing. Nothing. I want to move on to a couple other issues. Obviously, we're not going to forget this issue. I also uh, meant to tell you in the first hour, so I'll tell you now. I will be on Hannity tonight at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time on the Fox News Channel. 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time on the Fox News Channel. And I will be there from our Florida Ronald Reagan TV studio. The Levin TV, CRTV studio. uh, The Ronald Reagan studio in Florida. Uh, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. I really hope you'll watch because, you know, I don't do a lot of this anymore. Sean asked me, I said okay the other day. I do not do a lot of this anymore. Because I've got Levin TV. Why should I do a lot of it? But um, there are a lot of wonderful hosts over at Fox. I'll start to name some. If I leave some out, I apologize. It's not intentional. Hannity and I, we've been uh, shoulder to shoulder now for, I guess, 20 years. We're like brothers in many respects. One of us looks better than the other. One of us is smarter than the other. But, you know, I don't blame him. Then we uh, we have our buddies at Fox and Friends. Kilmeade and Ducey are good buddies of mine. They're a lot of fun, too. They're good guys. Uh-oh. I started naming, and here we go. Who else? Who? Oh, Brett Baer. I love Brett Baer. First of all, he's a real journalist. So that's rare in America today. Just a nice guy. And he would like me to come on and be on the all-star panel. And I'm thinking to myself, why would I want to be on an all-star panel? How about just an all-star one person? (laughs) 
Who else? Oh, Pete. My wifey's whispering in my ear. Pete Hegseth. Great guy. I like him very, very much. And there are others, okay, whatever. There are many, many others who I like a great deal. Um, but we'll save that for another day. That's not the point. All right, I want to get into this other stuff. There's no getting around this. These indictments. I spent a lot of time on this yesterday. The more I thought about this, the more pathetic I think this is. Let me give you some examples. Mark, you're defending Paul Manafort. I'm not defending anyone. I'm spelling out what I've read and my objective analysis of it. Have you ever heard of anybody being involved in money laundering for the purpose? That, that's a felony. Have you ever heard of anybody committing a felony for the purpose of covering up a misdemeanor? Failing to file as a foreign agent is almost never charged in federal court. As Andy McCarthy pointed out yesterday, and I pointed out, what the feds do is they say, now get in there and file your form. Because the goal is to get you to file, not to throw you in prison. It's a filing issue. Technically, if you violate it, it's a misdemeanor. So one of the arguments our brilliant Mr. Mueller and his 16 ragtag hacks make is that Mr. Manafort and Mr. What's the other guy's name? Gates? That these two men uh, laundered money in part in order to conceal the fact that they're federal agents. Well, that's brilliant. So they committed felonies in order to conceal what, in the worst circumstances, is a misdemeanor. Now, does that make sense to anybody? Mark, who do you think you are? You think you're a legal beagle? No, I'm just reading it. Here's another one for you. They laundered money through foreign banks, ladies and gentlemen, for the purpose of concealing their income for tax purposes. Okay. I assume you charge them with tax evasion? No. They're not charged with tax evasion. So I'm scratching my head. I'm saying, no, wait a minute. And by the way, before they would bring these charges, they would consult with the tax division of the Justice Department. They would consult with the Internal Revenue Service and their special unit of hotshot, you know, investigators. And, uh, This is truly bizarre. So in other words, they launder money to cover up the fact that they didn't pay taxes, and yet they're not charged with tax evasion? What, are they going to do, amend their complaint? Why would they need to amend their complaint? Then they they headline their first charge up there saying, conspiracy against the United States. Now most prosecutors... They don't write conspiracy against the United States. The charge, the charge title is conspiracy. Because any violation of the federal code is a violation against the United States. That's the charge, right? But they put that hotshot marquee up there to grab the attention of morons like Chris Matthews. Look at this, a conspiracy against the United States. Like they're the Rosenbergs or something. Like they, uh, they're involved in espionage, you know, like the Obama administration. Well, that didn't happen. Then we get another schmo who's, who confesses to a false statement, which is a Mickey Mouse charge, a false statement. He made a false statement. 
And all the Democrats and all the media, see, that's proof of collusion. This guy, he was trying to set up meetings with the Russians through this professor, uh, Dimwitty or whatever his name was, and, and, uh, he was part of the, of the Trump campaign, and see that? Collusion, collusion, collusion. Was he charged with collusion? No. Did they want a special counsel? Yes. Did he charge this guy with collusion? No. Has anybody been charged with collusion? No. Now, the Manafort and Gates stuff is 2014 and back. Was Donald Trump a candidate in 2014? No. Did he have a campaign in 2014? No. And this other guy, Papadopoulos. Papadopoulos. Did he actually get information from the Russians? No. Did he get emails from the Russians? No. Well, it's still the crime of the century. More when I return. Mark Lovin. I've got more to report to you on the mass murder terrorist from Uzbekistan who hollered Allah Akbar after he got out of his vehicle slaughtering numerous people. Uh, ABC News reports uh, he is from Uzbekistan, but listen to this. He came under an immigration program called the Diversity Visa Program. Did you know this existed? I know people who are familiar with immigration and practice that law. They are. I wasn't. The Diversity Visa Program. Now, what is that? That offers a lottery for people from countries with few immigrants in America. In other words, quote-unquote, underrepresented among the immigration uh, visas, uh, excuse me, that are handed out. So this man came seven years ago under the diversity visa program because apparently we didn't have enough immigrants from Uzbekistan. Uh, In addition to an address in Tampa, he's also lived in Ohio, and most recently, and this is the point, Patterson, New Jersey. Now, this diversity visa program, as best I can tell, the total number of diversity visa program individuals who are admitted into the United States changes each year. I don't know how long this has been in existence, but this is bizarre. To have a diversity visa program? A lottery system. A lottery for people from countries that are underrepresented here in the United States of America. That's how he came here seven years ago, a diversity visa. So he's under a visa, a green card. Now, that doesn't mean it's permanent, right? Typically, that's for a set period of time. I assume we'll learn more at some point from somebody in the news media uh, other than just regurgitation and looping the same video over and over and over again. From Uzbekistan, came here under what is called the Diversity Visa Program. It offers a lottery for people from countries with few immigrants in America, underrepresented. I don't know why we have that program. That ought to be eliminated altogether. I'll be right back. Just in time. 
for Halloween. The Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi nightmare continues. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Okay, we've learned a little more. Or we've researched a little more. The diversity visa program was passed in 1990. Passed in 1990. It took effect in 1995. Do you know who the sponsor is slash was of the diversity visa program? Do you know, Mr. Producer? No, it was New York senior senator Chuck Schumer. Chuck Schumer is the muckety-muck behind the diversity visa program because Chuck didn't think there was enough diversity in our immigration system. And so we have a diversity visa program, and you can thank Chuck Schumer. It took effect in 1995. Now, the number of diversity visa individuals who are allowed in the country each year is typically 50 to 55,000. 50 to 55,000. Do you know how you apply? You apply online. And it's free. You apply online. There's not even an application fee. And it's a lottery program. Now, of course, they still do, at least theoretically, checks to make sure you're, you're not a out-of-the-closet terrorist, member of ISIS or Al-Qaeda or some drug cartel or whatever. Right? So this man came. You're learning more from me. I'm telling you right now. I'm watching these cable channels. They're not even talking about this stuff. They'll get around to it because they're hearing us now, right? So he came here under a diversity visa program. That's a lottery program for people who come from underrepresented countries, whatever that means. And this idea was hatched by Chuck Schumer, the senior senator from New York. And as I understand it, it was passed in 1990 and it took effect in 1995. And people apply online for free. And 50 to 55,000 people a year, each year it's slightly different, are accepted into the diversity visa program. And we certainly hit the lottery here, didn't we, with this guy from Uzbekistan. From Uzbekistan. Maybe somebody else asked Chuck Schumer, who, uh, who sponsored this legislation, about his uh, diversity visa program. And I know what he'll say. Look, the vast majority of people, that's what we'll get. Let me remind you, the purpose of immigration is not the focus on the individual's or aliens, or the focus on other countries. The purpose of immigration is to improve America. The purpose of politicians is not to improve other countries, immigration systems in other countries. They can give their advice. Sure, that's swell. But when it comes to voting and appropriating, they're supposed to be looking out for America. The purpose of immigration is to improve, if not sustain, our culture and our society. That's the purpose. That's why you're not supposed to have open borders. Now, this has been in existence, this diversity 
visa program, obviously since 1995, it's actually been in place. I had never heard of it before. Even though it's 22 years old, I'd never heard of it before. Is the purpose of the diversity visa program that Chuck Schumer sponsored to improve America? No. It's just another inane, insane, moronic idea from another radical progressive. And the idea is that America should not discriminate against these countries that are underrepresented which is absolutely nuts. Absolutely nuts. So you have a lottery system. And apparently this mass murder in 2010, he won the lottery. We lost the lottery, obviously. He won the lottery. He won the lottery. The bike path mass murder. And then they tell us, these experts who come on TV, who aren't even aware of the diversity visa program. We have congressmen now coming on TV who aren't even aware of the diversity visa program. They won't even talk about it if they are aware of it. They act like it doesn't exist. Well, you know what? This is just, it's the normal. We're going to have to accept this. Accept what? Get rid of this stupid program. I don't even, I never heard of it before. The purpose of immigration isn't diversity. The hell is that? And you can apply online? And you don't even pay a fee while they're talking about limiting our IRAs and 401ks or our, our tax deductible property taxes or state income taxes. What's all this free crap that everybody gets, particularly aliens, including illegal aliens? Free health care, free education. You, you deduct your property taxes, your income taxes, or you dare to deduct the interest on your mortgage, and you're said to be uh, being subsidized. Subsidized? You're living within the rule of law. You're following the tax code. And all of a sudden, rather than just slash tax rates across the board, they want to steal money out of your other pocket. You realize the Speaker of the House, as a side note, has been trying to reach me for three days. No offense. I don't want to talk to him. He's a lovely guy. I think Paul Ryan's a very, very nice guy. Sorry, sorry. I don't agree with all this stuff. Oh, and then we're going to have a millionaire level. Oh, good little Marxists. Good little Marxists. Count me out. Count me out. Not interested. Anyway, uh, do you think they're going to change the diversity visa program? Anybody here think they're going to change the diversity visa program? I don't think they're going to change it. If somebody wins the diversity lottery, somebody wins the diversity lottery, what happens? Somebody wins the diversity lottery. Come into the country. Do you know if somebody wins the diversity lottery, he or she gets a green card, do you know they become a permanent resident? They're not here three years, five years, seven years, ten years. They get to stay here permanently. So there's not even a trial period under the diversity lottery. You behave yourself for 10 years, maybe you get to stay here forever. No, it's you won the lottery, welcome to America, you get to stay here permanently. Did you know that? Well, you know it now. Now you know about the diversity 
visa program, you know about the lottery for underrepresented countries, and now you know if somebody wins the lottery, they get a green card to stay here forever. Forever. They won the lottery. In this case, we lose the lottery. I want to tell you about Optima Tax Relief. Life is very stressful, even worse when the IRS is after you for back taxes. Now, you may not think you owe back taxes, but they may think you do. You agonize when they'll show up, seize your bank account, put a lien on your home, or garnish your wages. It was even worse for Lori. Lori was engaged, but knew bringing 25 grand of IRS debt into the marriage was no way to start her new life. Lori did something really smart. You know what she did? She called Optima Tax Relief. Optima stepped between Lori and the IRS, analyzed her case, and uncovered some game-changing facts that allowed them to settle her case in her favor. When Optima told Lori that her IRS problems were over, she called it the happiest call of her life, and her wedding was back on. Even though she didn't invite me, just, just saying. Optima has resolved over half a billion dollars in tax debt for their clients and they're A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. That is tremendous. Getting your life back starts the moment you call Optima for your free consultation. Here's what you do. It's toll-free. Call 800-499-6300. 800-499-6300. That's 800-499-6300. Optima Tax Relief. There is no better. They are the pros. All right. I think we have learned a lot tonight together, have we not? All right, let's see what kind of callers we have here. Let us go to Michael, Sussex, New Jersey, who disagrees with me on the great WABC. What is there to disagree with, Michael? Hi, Mark. I don't disagree with you. It's just I'm all for controlling uh, immigration, but realistically, this guy, seven years ago is when he came to this country. He's been in the country for seven years. So why didn't he do this right away? It didn't take seven years for him to hatch up this team. Well, well for, first of all, there's no perfect system. I've already said that. And no, it didn't take him seven years. But we now know a program he came through is called the Diversity Visa Program, which sounds like an insane idea, which it is, because it comes from Chuck Schumer, who, who was the main sponsor of this program in 1990. It came into effect in 1995. 50 to 55,000 people a year come into this country uh, from underrepresented countries. They apply online. They don't have to pay even an uh, application fee. Once they're in this country, they're here for life. Does that make sense to you, sir? That makes perfect sense, but it's just... Really makes no sense whatsoever. I don't believe these people should be here for life. My point is, actually, that it's very alarming that somebody... Somebody's brain could work that way. Regardless of where you were born, he flipped the switch. It could be. Well, of, co- of course, of course. But uh, what are we supposed to do? Kick our feet up and watch the World Series and uh, K Sara Sara? You believe this is the new norm? This is not the new norm. Now, this guy would not be here but for the ver- diversity visa program. That doesn't mean we stop all guys, but this guy would have been stopped. Definitely. He would never have been here. And I don't understand you get to stay here for uh, the rest of your life stuff. What's that all about? I agree. But it, it's just super alarming that this happened. You know? Yes, uh, I, I agree. Been... All right, my brother. I appreciate your call. Another disagreeer. 
Simon, Long Valley, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go. Hey, Mark. I want to speak to you again. Um, listen, I, I understand where you're coming from with your, your, your immediate reaction to what is the diversity lottery, because a lot of people don't know it exists. I am the beneficiary of the diversity lottery, which I always found somewhat absurd. I came here legally, sponsored by a company on an L visa. I did a master's degree, and I had a student visa for a while. My visa was going to run out, um, and my wife, who is from Argentina, discovered that you know, we, we liked living in America. We really wanted to stay here. Why would you come through the diversity visa program? Because my visa was running out, and as you said, you can literally put your name in the hat. You can apply online. And well, why didn't you just apply for the normal route rather than the diversity visa program? Uh, because we wouldn't have been allowed to. Because actually, you said you know people can't stay here forever. When my visa uh, period ran out, we would have had to leave the country um, and then reapply. So the diversity lottery, in a way, was an opportunity for us to. Let's say jump the queue. Sort of seemed unfair, which is why I don't really agree. Actually, why didn't your employer sponsor you for a permanent stay? I I I left that company, and then I became a student, and then I set up a. Okay, but you made these decisions, right? Yes, I did consciously. Okay, if you had stayed with the company, and you sound like a great guy, and they have and they applied for you to have a permanent status, you may have come through that way, correct? That is correct. That's correct. And some of my my former colleagues did exactly that. Hold on now. And if there wasn't a diversity visa program, that's exactly what you would have done, correct? Or I would have had to go back to the UK, or I'll just but that's you know. your decision. <clears throat> I'm saying you had a route to take if you wanted to take it, or go home. That's correct. But listen, let me also qualify a couple of things because it's interesting here. When you win the diversity lottery, which we did as a family, we were resident here. We had to go to the UK and on our own dime, and actually we did pay a lot of money, hundreds of dollars, like eight hundred dollars each, for part of the visa process. Um, we also had to take x-rays, we had to give blood, we had to do all kinds of things, and we sat in front of a, a consular you know, advisor and a, a consular agent, and they... It seems like us. a pretty cheap price to get into America permanently. Well, it was, but if I... Had Either that or crawl across the border, that would have been cheaper, I guess. It would have been cheaper. My friends laugh at my daughter, they think she's from Argentina, so they laugh that she's Mexican, because they don't... But really I don't know. believe in the diversity uh, visa program. You could have come through another way, quite frankly. It may have inconvenienced you, but so what? We could, we could have done. I think American citizens are inconvenienced all the time. They should get rid of the lottery. It doesn't make sense. There's a, there's a better way to do it for sure. I agree. Don't get mad at me. I gotta run. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. the diversity visa program existed before 1990 but it became permanent in the 1990s under the Schumer sponsorship that's what we're learning I gotta learn more about this because this is to me nuts absolutely nuts and I know people are going to call me who've been accepted under the diversity program and so forth the vast majority of whom are wonderful people law-abiding citizens and so forth I just think it's nuts. Blindster. I'm very proud to be partner with uh, Kyle Cox, the owner of Blindster.com. I love his entrepreneurial spirit, and I love letting you know about the best quality products from independent businesses like Blindster.com. 
By the way, that's BlindsTER.com. Blindster.com is the only company I endorse for custom blind shades and shutters. Why? Because I know you like to do things yourself and you want to save a lot of money. Kyle showed how to measure for and install custom-made high-quality blinds myself, and I saved a bundle in the process. Kyle has a personal fitter-free guarantee, too. If for any reason your blinds don't fit, even if you messed up, Blindster will make the new sizes needed for free. You only pay shipping. And get this. When you enter promo code MARK at checkout, you'll get 40% off your entire order every time. Why not try buying treatments for one window today? Try one window and see how easy it is. I think that's a great idea. Try one window. I know you'll come back for more just like we did. It's blindster.com, blindster.com, promo code MARK at checkout, so you get 40% off your entire order. That's blindster.com. 40% off, promo code MARK. All right. Daniel, Atlanta, Georgia, the great W-Y-A-Y, go. Hey, Mr. Levine, I'm really excited to talk to you. So I was telling the caller, right, and I'm really sorry. Americans, I don't know if I'm allowed to use the word, Americans are getting screwed. I, I got the DV program, I'm from West Africa, and this is the way it works. So you're supposed to apply, only you, right? So this is what we'll do. A guy will go and get like uh, 25 young women, and they will all apply each, and then you'll put your name as their husband. Because once once one person in the family wins, you can bring your wife, you can bring your kids, you can bring everybody with you. So that's what we used to do. So instead of having one chance in a million, I have one chance in 25. And guess what? I know some friends of mine that brought in their younger sisters, their siblings, and acted as their, their kids. So I'll come in with my younger sister. I'll say she's my wife. That's how I'll fill the phone. Oh. And then I'll bring all my family members, my young, my nephews, my cousins, my nieces, and say, oh, I have eight kids. And guess what? Everybody gets a green card. You know? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, man, I wouldn't even allow them to do that to me in my own country. You know, I understand. I've come here. I love this country. I worked hard. In fact, three years after I came to this country, I was making a six-figure income. But I finally figured it out. Democrats do not love this country. I'm mm-hmm. telling you the truth, Mark. That's all I got to say. Well, that's a great call. I really appreciate it, Daniel. Thank you very much. Well, we learn something every day, don't we? I knew nothing of the diversity visa program. I have to admit I don't pretend to be an expert on every uh, dot and tittle that's in the immigration laws, but there you have it. All right, folks, a lot more when I return. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 So... This diversity visa program under different names has been in place, not permanently, but certain years at certain times in the past. It was made permanent and codified as a result of a 1990 law, the Immigration Act of 1990. 
The sponsor was Chuck Schumer. It took effect in 1995. Now it is codified. It's law. And approximately 50,000 people from so-called underrepresented countries uh, play what's called this lottery. And they go online and they apply to diversify, uh, at least within that pool of immigrants, immigration in this country. So they get green cards, permanent residency in the United States. And by the way, once you get that, you can also eventually qualify as a United States citizen. And you heard the gentleman who called from West Africa originally, now an American, and he used the program, and he said people cheat. They bring in other family members. They do all sorts of stuff. Uh, I wasn't going to discuss this all night, and I wasn't planning to. I had other things prepared, but this is something I think is important now. Because the uh, mass murderer who slaughtered the people on the bike path in New York today came into this country in 2010. He's 29 years old, so he was 22 or so at the time. Under this lottery system. And got permanent residency. A green card. And he's from Uzbekistan. Joseph, Brooklyn, New York, the great WABC. Go. Hello, uh, Mark. Yes, sir. Uh, I just uh, I wanted to first uh, tell you how uh, what a thrill it is to speak to you. I listen to you religiously. I find Thank you, you sir. very, very. And I, uh, I'm calling because I, I actually am an immigration lawyer, and I'm a rare breed. I'm, I'm actually probably one of the only conservative immigration lawyers that you'll find in New York. My brother. You're the I. one. I'm sorry. You're the one. I'm the one, yes, yes. I, I walk right. in the federal building and I, I'm under siege. But I just wanted to, it was my understanding that the, that the DV lottery, I think the major sponsor or major backer of it was Ted Kennedy. And I think at the outset, I think they allocated a huge portion of these, of the, of the country or the worldwide visas went to Irish people. So when they tell you that, you know, it's, it's based on achieving diversity, I, I don't even think that that's true. Mm-hmm. I think that um, he was, you know, that, that was a, a stop to his people. Well, it's certainly true today, uh, because this guy came from Uzbekistan. Right, right. And just when I when I heard that, it just, uh, you know, just brought to mind that, you know, your 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 monologue on, on what a joke it is, um, I thought was very well taken. And um, you know, I mean, I now you're you're an immigration lawyer. You're familiar with this diversity visa program. Is it abused? It certainly is, yes. I mean, I, ironically, I actually filed a case for somebody today. I mean, these people did it legitimately, but there's people that do double entries, and even though they have all these, you know, safeguards in place to, you know, to eliminate fraud and abuse, um, you know, it's it, people get through. But I, I think I think the biggest takeaway from this whole incident is that, you know, Mr. Trump, when he, um, you know, wanted to put in his bans or at least vetting people from certain parts of the world. Seems that he uh, wasn't wrong on that. Mm-hmm. Now they'll never give him credit, but you're right. The American people know he's right. But you got these Obama judges everywhere, and they they are form shopped. You know, you'll have a DA or a, a solicitor in a particular city, or you'll have an attorney general in a particular state, and they know how to form shop to get the kind of, of judge that they want. And that's what's been going on. You know, they go to Seattle, uh, yeah. they go to a, they go to Honolulu, they go to Baltimore. You know. And it's, uh, and it's amazing. It's amazing, though, because it just seems that you would think just 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 by chance that every now and then one of these cases would go to a, a conservative judge. But it seems mm-hmm. like every single time 
the judge who gets the case happens to be a big lib. I, Isn't that it's amazing? Never, it's just, it is. It's just gaming the system, yeah. And 40% of the, the federal judges were appointed by Obama. It's amazing, and that's that's something that really needs to change. I mean, you know, now that Republicans are allegedly in control, although they're not really using their power, uh, it's something that really needs to change. Did you hear the gentleman from West Africa who called, who came in through the diversity visa program, and he said it is abused all the time. He knows people who claim, as an example, that their sister is their wife, and they bring in yes. loads of family members under under these under these uh, fraudulent pretenses and so forth. I've, I've seen it, and I, I'm aware of it, and it's. Um, I, I think the whole thing is a joke. I mean, it's, it's part of this liberal BS where you have to, you know, diversity, diversity, diversity. But I, I think when they claim this, it's, it's not really diversity. It's, it's. They have a goal in mind to basically bring all these people in so that they can vote Democrat and achieve a permanent majority. I think that's really what's driving it. I, I do too, because it, it, if these people were voting Republican, do you think uh, the Democrats would be backing this? No, they wouldn't. They, they they wouldn't care no at all. And that's why I think when they talk about how they're, you know, these these bleeding heart liberals talk about how, you know, devoted they are to immigration, I think they're full of baloney. I think it's just they it's they're doing it to achieve power. It's all it is. All right, my friend. Appreciate your call. I'm taking all the uh, disagreeable ones too. Here we have Andre, Phoenix, Arizona, Sirius Satellite. Go. Hey, uh, Mark, uh, long-time listener, uh, first-time caller. Thank you. Uh, I do want to agree with you on the uh, on the part uh, where you just said that uh, that uh, if they uh, if the people coming in on this visa if they knew that these people voted Republican they would oppose it. I totally agree. If Chuck Schumer Chuck Schumer uh, knew me as a deplorable, uh, he would end the program right away. Right. Um, on the other hand, uh, what I do want to say about the visa lottery and it is. It is a lottery on the face of it. Is while it is uh, officially a lottery, I've always met uh, people that have benefited from it that were basically uh, already in the system somehow. Like the previous caller that was a student, or right. uh, my my own family that was uh, in the immigration process for about ten years before they actually got the uh, the diversity visa and uh, got their. Uh, let, let me see if I understand everything. this. So, so if you go through the normal process, it would take you ten years. But if you go through the lottery process, it's faster. Uh, it basically it is. If, as, if but wait a minute. Well, let me just slow you down. Is it a lottery or isn't it a lottery? Well, it is a lottery as far as who gets the visa and who doesn't. Uh, I know my dad applied like in three different years, and the third year is obviously when uh, when he actually obtained it. So from that aspect, it is a lottery. But I do think there is some manipulation at the um, at the UC, USCIS level or something uh, where they basically say, okay, this person's been uh, trying to get over here for so long. Let's give him the visa. Mm-hmm. I, it's one of those lotteries where it's not. Uh, Wouldn't it be better to fix the legitimate processes than have this, this backdoor oh, system, absolutely. this lottery system? Absolutely, absolutely, it would be. I uh, I recently went through the normal system uh, as a U.S. citizen trying to bring my wife over here, and it was an absolute nightmare. It would be so much better to actually fix the system to actually pick and choose who we want to get over here than rather than. Uh, well, you know, look, I've, I've I've told many people the fastest way is to just crawl across the border. All right, Andre, I appreciate your call very very much. I really do. Louie, North Hollywood, California, on the Mark Levin app. How are you, sir? 
I'm doing great, sir. It's an honor to speak with you, sir. Thank you very much. Yes, uh, my my reason to uh, for calling is uh, I understand 100% on the assimilation part. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was born in Mexico. I've been raised here all my life. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm legal. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm a resident from here. But on the assimilation part, yeah, I have a bunch of friends that are Hispanics too, cousins, relatives, that don't understand one bit of what assimilation means. So every time I bring it up, it's like I'm speaking another language. And uh, mm-hmm. that, that surely comes from when I was going to junior high, that way they, they were teaching us about um, not really becoming American. It was just So in that. junior high in California, they were discouraging assimilation. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Or, or mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I never ever heard of anything about assimilation. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing one thing I do remember was um, even from back then it's that um, Republicans were for the rich and the Democrats for were for the poor. So yeah, for of course. All, all, yes. So for all this time, um, I had that belief, and they came from school from nowhere else. Until 2010, uh, I changed my views on all this. Speaking, uh, or I mean, uh, listening to uh, conservative radio. And uh, it's not that I, I was brainwashed. It's just common sense stuff. Uh, but I'm here. Uh, I'm, I'm planning to become a uh, citizen and to become American. Wonderful. And serve this country and whatever it needs. This is my country now. You are the perfect immigrant, Louis. You really are. And I want to thank you. And you take care of yourself. Wonderful call there. We'll be right back. in. listening to this show, ladies and gentlemen. We've apparently started a national conversation. It's all over social media, Twitter and Facebook and so forth, about the, the diversity visa program. In fact, in fact, I'm told now Fox is picking up on it, too. This show is monitored all the time. It just is. I can't blame everybody. But the diversity visa program is now a part of the national conversation. The last 20 or 30 minutes, we've been talking about it, what, for an hour or so now? Uh, Mr. Producer tells me, open your mic, Mr. Producer. What's happening? Twitter's burning up over this subject. He doesn't know how to open his mic. Okay, but is that what you just told me? All right, so we're now going to have a national discussion about this, and that is very, very important. That's very, very important. So we're going to have a national discussion about the diversity visa program, and we'll be told, well, what do you mean? Reagan did it, and this one did it. I want you to understand the facts. In 1990, it became part of the Immigration Act that was passed by Congress, signed by the President, made it a permanent program. It actually was instituted in 1995 as a permanent program, and it's been operating ever since as a permanent program. It was sponsored in 1990 by Chuck Schumer, the senior senator, from Virginia, uh, Virginia, from New York, Chuck Schumer, okay? And uh, there's this lottery program, and here's how it works. If, let's say, a man is married to a woman and has seven kids, if the man wins the lottery, he can bring his wife over 
and the seven kids. And as you heard from the gentleman who called from, who was originally from West Africa, and he called and he said he came through this program, he knows many people who commit fraud. He said, for instance, one man was accepted in the lottery program uh, by the lottery, uh, said that his sister was his wife, and she came in and she brought all her family over. So there is this stuff going on, um, and of course the theory behind the diversity visa program is to have a diverse immigration population uh, by to include underrepresented countries. Now, this is not the purpose of immigration, to include underrepresented countries, underrepresented individuals. Immigration... The focus isn't even on aliens. The focus is on American citizens. What is best for America? That's the history of immigration in this country. Not what's best for some other country. That is not the way it's supposed to work. And yet that's the way it's defined all the time. That's the way it works in this country. So we have a, we have what's it, triggered. Oh, yes triggered a national discussion now about the diversity visa program, and it's an important discussion to have. Uh, let's go to Gabriel in Pennsylvania, Sirius Satellite. Go ahead, Gabriel. How's it going? How may I help you, sir? Yeah, I just I just think you're overlooking this way too much. I mean, there's different types of visa. Like, I came here through the U visa. And, um, you know, just a quick question. Does... The uh, Vegas. Are you here legally, or did you overstay your visa? Uh, no, the U visa. It's when you are a uh, victim of an American citizen committing a crime over you. So an American citizen committed a crime over you. Yes, he and this person, this person did something horrible to me. And with, with, uh, it allowed me to stay here for five years. Under but, uh, but I'm trying to figure this out. How did you come here originally? Oh, she came to get she came to get me from my hometown, and I drove across the border on the passenger side seat, and she spoke to the CBP. This is back. Ah, before so you 9/11. came in illegally. Correct. So you came in but, here illegally, and somebody abused you, and you used that visa, and now you're here permanently. Now I became a U.S. citizen, matter of fact. And this woman abused you, you're saying? She abused me, yes. And, and uh, how old were you at the time? Uh, barely 21 when that, when that occurred. I was, I was So you're here, you I, were here, so this is a, but what you're telling, that's a non-immigrant visa. Uh, it is an immigrant visa. One. No, it's a non-immigrant visa. I just looked it up. Uh, the, the, the U visa. Uh, well, I I got a work permit within the. Sir, 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 sir. Your story's changing. Have you noticed that? No, it's not. You got a work visa. You told me you got a U a a U visa. U visa I just looked U it visa. up. That's a non-immigrant visa. Okay, a U visa allows you to petition a work permit. Within a year or okay, but that's that. not what you said. You said you got a U visa because uh, somebody mistreated on you. Yes. All right. Can you uh, get off the phone? Well, yeah, yeah. You don't even know what you're lying about. You're lying. I mean, I've looked up all the visas, the applic, all the visa, uh, uh, the visas that you mentioned while you're talking to me. 
Am I right about this, Mr. Producer? He reveals he came in here illegally. That's number one. Number two, he's played the system is what he's done. He's played the system. And uh, I'm not interested. Call another show. Let's continue, shall we? Hugh! Ambler, Pennsylvania, my old uh, grounds there on the Mark Levin app, Temple University Ambler Campus. Go ahead. Oh, my gosh, Mark. Every time I call you, buddy, we talk about Temple and Ambler. Oh, well, then you better stop calling. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> no, but anyway, great school. Anyway, ed- educated you, brother, and you're so, the, so. Uh, I educated myself, really. But anyway, go right ahead. But anyway, listen, real quick. Um, I think we have to be proactive here, Mark. I mean, terrorism strikes again, okay? Here we are. We're talking about, you know, you know of course you don't hear from Hillary because there's no guns involved, okay? But we, we need to set up. It's true. I think we have to have cement barriers put up around these areas. Like, this wait a minute, cement to, barriers around what areas? Uh, down towards the, the World Trade Center. Memorial. Nah, look, you can't look. Wait, what, what are you going to do? Put cement barriers there, and then they'll go hit a mall, and we're going to put cement barriers there. Then they'll hit a, uh, a a sports stadium, and you put cement barriers there. Then they'll hit a day camp, you put cement barriers there. No, that's uh, that's not something. I still love you, Hugh. I just strongly disagree with you. I shall return. The Constitution Man, Mark Levin. Call him now at 877-381-3811. In need of great talent for your business, but short on time? Well, you don't have to get lost in a huge stack of resumes to find your perfect hire, you know. You just need the right tools, smarter tools. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards with just one click. So you can rest easy knowing your job is being seen by the right candidates. Then ZipRecruiter puts its smart matching technology to work actively notifying qualified candidates about your job within minutes of posting so you receive the best possible matches. No wonder 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by growing businesses of all sizes and industries to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, you, my listeners... You can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Levin. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Levin. One more time to try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash L-E-V-I-N Levin. All right, we'll continue on this a little bit, but I want to hit a few other things. So they got this guy, George, Papa, 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 Papa. Papapopoulos. Patapopoulos. So they have this guy. He's like 29 years old, 30 years old, and they get him to plead to a a false statement. They don't charge him with collusion. There is no crime for collusion. There has to be something else. In other words, colluding about a crime. And the Democrats think this is incredible evidence of collusion. Now, when it comes to a Hillary Clinton campaign and the DNC pouring millions of dollars through a front man, a lawyer called Mark Elias and their, and their favorite law firm, Perkins Coy, 
to Fusion GPS, run by a bunch of former phony journalists, some of whom have close ties to to CNN, among other uh, journalists. Uh, And then they pass along money. They hire a ex-British spy who, in turn, see all the levels of deniability they've created, uh, who, in turn, turns to, among others, uh, apparatchiks in the Kremlin. And we've connected all the dots. Now all the dots are connected. And they put together this dossier, which is basically a 35-page piece of crap. The most outrageous, disgusting statements and smears about Donald Trump. And they get it to the FBI. And the FBI acts on it. The FBI is so impressed with this, planted originally by the Clinton campaign and the DNC, quite frankly. They're so impressed that they want to hire the guy and pay him money, except he's revealed and then they decide it's probably a bad idea. Nonetheless, people believe, as do I, that in part, if not mainly, this 35-page smear, this defamation, was used ultimately to bring us Robert Mueller, the special counsel. Now, they call this opposition research within the Democrat Party, not collusion, not any Ah, what's the big deal? Hey, what's the big deal? But you got this guy, he's 29 years old, he's trying desperately to set up meetings between the Russians and senior members of the Trump campaign, and it never happens. He's told he can get access to all kinds of emails involving Hillary Clinton, and it never happens. The professor he was apparently conspiring with in Great Britain says, none of this ever happened, I don't even know what the hell this is all about. This is a true exaggeration. Exaggeration, it's all in the prosecutor's charge. It must be true. Remember, the prosecutor says what the prosecutor wants to say. If you don't go to trial, you're really not challenging the facts, okay? But the Democrats think, finally, we have the evidence that we've been looking for. I'll give you an example. And by the way, Democrats, I mean media, hacks too. Here's Bernie Sanders on Late Night with Seth Meyers. I know you don't watch this, neither do I, so I'm playing it for you. Cut three, go. It's a big deal, Seth. Um, so, Bob let's Mueller. stop there. It's a big deal, Seth. It's a big deal, Seth. Go ahead. And by the way, why is he concerned about collusion with Russia? This clown had his honeymoon in Moscow. This clown borrowed the ideology of the old Soviets and spews it forth today. Oh, I'm a social democrat. Now you're a schmuck. Go ahead. It's a big deal, Seth. Um... Bob Mueller, who, let us remember, was appointed to the FBI director by George W. Bush. Now, this is another ploy. These guys hate George W. Bush. They hated him when he was president. But now they love him. Hey, look at this, the gold standard. The guy was appointed by George W. Bush. Now, I know I wanted to impeach him. I know he lied about Iraq. I know he did this. But now I like him. Go ahead. Appointed by Obama. A man who has a whole lot of bipartisan support across the political spectrum. So what? He's still a schmo. So what? He's still a schmo. Go ahead. It's given the assignment of determining whether or not the Trump campaign colluded with the Russians to undermine American democracy. No, he wasn't. His assignment is determined if any criminal act took place. And if he believes it did, then to make his case... To a jury. That was his job. You idiot. Go ahead. 
And today is a major step forward with the uh, indictment of uh, Manafort. The uh, uh, indictment of Manafort. Now, the indictment of Manafort, ladies and gentlemen, uh, is 2014 and before. It's 2014 and before, long before Donald Trump was a candidate. So he couldn't have, uh, he couldn't have colluded uh, with the Russians. Long before. Now, who was the bipartisan FBI director in 2001, 2002, all the way up to 20, uh, what is it, 13? Who was the FBI director appointed by George W. Bush and Barack Obama? Who was it? His name was Robert Mueller. So all during the time that Robert Mueller was the director of the FBI, Robert Mueller never brought or recommended any charges against Manafort. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Bipartisan. Big deal. Go ahead. We'll see how the process works out. But I worry very much about... Oh, by the way, one other... Hey, one other thing I want you to know. In this indictment, 31 pages long, I know I read the whole thing. Donald Trump isn't in the indictment. The Trump campaign's not in the indictment. The Trump family's not in the indictment. The general election's not in the indictment. Because the allegations about money laundering and failing to file papers, all of that occurred between 2006 and 2014. The big step, Seth. Seth's there like an idiot. Yes, that's true. Yes, that's true. I'm a comedian. Yes, that's true. Go ahead. Attacks that we're seeing every day in a variety of ways, not only from the Russians on American democracy. We have a president who clearly. And we have attacks from communists in our own country, you jerk. Like uh, Bernie Sanders, you know, uh, you know what his initials are, don't you? B.S. Exactly. Like Bill Jefferson, Clinton, B.J. Clinton. Go ahead. Stand the Constitution of the United States. A president who attacks the media. Every day, and media has a very important role to play in our democracy. Oh, I see. So he attacks the media, and that's very destructive. Now, the media are destructive of the media. They're pathetic. They're pathetic. Now, when the media attack his wife for possible criminality, when the media, when the media report, and only a few of them, by the way, report about the FBI investigating his wife, then he's angry at the media. We have some responsibility here. What kind of media do we have here? This guy should be on the Borscht circuit. This guy should be, uh, you know, what, what, what were the names of the play? Then the Ponocono. Uh, po- <laughs> Yes, the Poconos. He should be somewhere like that. Starring tonight, uh, Don tonight, uh, uh, at, at our dinner club, we got, uh, Bernie Sanders, and, uh, you get the chick, the, pick the, uh, chicken or the steak? What would you, what would you like to have here? Chicken or the steak? On the boss circuit here. Go ahead. Uh, we are looking at a campaign finance system. Ah, shut up, you idiot. You got some people fooled, but I honestly cannot stand listening to you. Now, let's go on to Joe Scarborough, the morning schmo and Mrs. Schmo. Joe's very, very insightful, very, very intelligent. He's got a guy sitting across the table from him every single day. Guy's been molesting women. Uh, no offense, I mean, he's, he's confessed in many respects. I don't know how many now, 12, 1,400? I don't even know how many. And by the way, all this stuff going on out there in Hollywood, in the media, whatever. So anyway, guy's sitting across the table. 
And uh, Mr. Sherlock Holmes here doesn't even know what's going on. Do you, Joe? And, of course, Joe has clean hands. I would never suggest otherwise. Let's hear what he has to say. Cut four. Go. We've been hearing from critics of the special counsel, uh, from, from Robert Mueller, that they're leakers. They leak like as if. And then you get the first indictments out, and Trump and everybody else are like, oh, this has nothing to do with the campaign. And then, boom, then we get the, 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 the other shoe drops. And my gosh, you sit there going, oh, they arrest, wait, what, they arrest. What are you rambling about, you idiot? You don't even make any sense. I know you got your, uh, your capo sitting around the table there. You're beautiful, Mrs. Schmo, and uh, I guess Halpern. You have an empty seat there now? You have an empty seat? Yeah. You have like a uh, a blow-up doll there uh, to replace Halpern? That would be appropriate, I think. Then you got the other guy, the plagiarist sitting there. What's his name? Mike, what's his name? I can't figure Well, you, you got a whole uh, conga line of freaks there. But, yes, but, Barnacle, that's right. Perfectly named, by the way, I, I would think. Go ahead, Scarborough. When? And they've held it for this long? It shows Bob Mueller runs an extraordinarily tight show. What are you talking about, you slobbering fool? They're leaking like hell. Shows that Bob Mueller... Bob, they must be... You know, Bob Mueller, Bob! My buddy Bob, he runs an extraordinarily tight ship. How does he know? He doesn't know. He just knows that Bob Mueller runs a tight ship, much like he and... Mrs. Schmo run a tight ship over there at the good ship Mark Halpert, as I understand it. Now, clearly this wouldn't be over, but for Chris Matthews, part of the conga line of freaks over there at MSLSD, nobody, nobody speaks as quickly as Chris Matthews and can spew that spittle on your on your shoes as fast as he can. Cut five, go. I thought the Times, which has been unbelievable in reporting this, the, the side... They're not reporting anything. Somebody leaks to the Times and they regurgitate. Wow, what great reporting this is. My God. You know what good reporting is, you schmo? A reporter puts his life on the line or her life on the line. They're in North Korea. They're trying to figure out what's going on. They're in a, here, the guy sits by his, uh, his computer, waits for an email to come in. Oh, look at this. It's a leak. And this idiot, wow, what great reporting at the New York Times. I've never seen anything like this says the former Tip O'Neill propagandist, the, to- the former Jimmy Carter propagandist. Go ahead. I thought the Times, which has been unbelievable in reporting this, the, the sidebar piece by Peter Baker today was unbelievable. It basically blew apart the whole Trump defense. Trump's- All right, oh, let me, let me see if I understand this. So we have two people indicted. Trump has nothing to do with it. It involves events, at least the allegations, involve events 2014 and before for most of the time when Mueller was the FBI director, mind you. Then we have this other one on the side. The guy pleads guilty to a false statement, which is Mickey Mouse. False statement. That's what they got Martha Stewart. Ooh, a false statement? To a false statement, right? Nothing there about collusion. Nothing there about the Russians. Oh, there's stuff put in there, but he's not charged with it. Hey, this blows the whole Trump defense to high heaven. What blows the whole, blows the whole Trump defense to high heaven, you schmo? And uh, you're not schmo. That's the morning schmo. You putz. Go ahead. The defense was there was no Russian effort to influence our election. Well, that wall fell a long time ago. With 17 U.S. agencies said yes, they did. And now saying our campaign. Stop. Do you hear him slobbering right there? You hear the spittle, foam. It's all forming. Sharp teeth coming out. He's got a face for Halloween. This guy. He really does. 
Go ahead. To do with colluding with them, nothing to do with flirtation. And now we have his son-in-law a long time ago. Now this guy, Papadopoulos. What are you rambling about, you idiot? You probably have more connections with the Russians than Donald Trump ever has. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You do whatever it takes to protect your family. Well, one simple mistake could land you with a mountain of legal fees and lifetime bars, behind bars, or even worse, actually. Owning a gun for protection shouldn't be intimidating, overwhelming, or confusing. Heck, it's your right. That's why I've joined forces with the USCCA to give my listeners their complete concealed carry and family defense guide, 100% free. It's 164 pages of life-saving information you can't find anywhere else. Your free guide will help you understanding confusing gun laws, responsibly own and store a gun, even if you have a little one, train for real-life scenarios, survive the murky waters of the legal system, and much more. Get everything you need to know from the experts in one convenient place. Go to DefendThem.com right now to begin your simple and rewarding journey to concealed carry and home defense confidence. And if you hurry, you'll also get the complete audio version and bonus home defense checklist 100% free. Go to DefendThem.com right now for free instant access. That's DefendThem.com, DefendThem.com. I want to go to Bill in Alexandria, Virginia. He's uh, on the great WMAL. He's retired expert on counterterrorism. Bill, go right ahead, my friend. Uh, yeah, nice to talk with you again, Mark. Um, I was working with a counterterrorism team in the 2009-2010 time frame um, with other elements of the Department of Defense. And we identified that uh, al-Qaeda, um, al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula and al-Qaeda in Iraq had identified the diversity visa program as well as the uh, um, refugee programs as vehicles to get their terrorists into the United mm -hmm. States. So it, it was a, a system they identified pretty early. They started entering. They, they told their clean operatives to apply for these visas, both the refugee um visas for people who have worked for us in Iraq, as well as the diversity visa program, so that they could get their people into the U.S. to conduct attacks. We worked with... Well, it looks uh, like Hassan. they succeeded, because this guy claimed to be tied to ISIS, as it turns out. Yeah. Uh, the um, customs guys were all over it. They were very interested, wanted to work it. FBI did not. They weren't interested. Mueller was the head. Mueller was the head. All right, Bill. Great call. I much appreciate it. How much time do I have, Mr. Producer? Colin Stretch, Facebook Vice President and Special Counsel, at a hearing today. I want you to listen to this carefully. Lindsey Graham and Colin Stretch. He's from Facebook. Cut 11. Go. You said you, you started uh, picking up uh, foreign interference two years ago. Is that right, Mr. Stretch? We've been tracking threat actors for, for several years, yes. Before the 2016 election cycle? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Did you find activity after the election? Yes, we did. Okay. What happened after the election? Listen. Following the, le the election, the activity we've seen um, really continued uh, in the sense that if you view the activity as a whole, we saw this concerted effort to sow division and discord uh, in the wake of the election um, and now President Trump's election, we saw a lot of activity directed at 
fomenting discord about the validity of his election. Oh, let me get this straight. Foreign governments, including the Russians, were all over Facebook trying to foment discord about the validity of the Trump election. This entire Russian nonsense has been a complete sham by the Democrats, by the holdovers in the Obama administration, by phony law enforcement types like Mueller and Comey. What a disgrace. Ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, I'll be on Hannity tonight. Turns out at 9.40 p.m. Eastern Time. Armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. See you at 9.40 on Hannity on Fox News. And see you tomorrow on the radio. God bless.